Coming up, we have a fun conversation where you'll discover how to get your onboarding process right. And we've got some examples for you. How to align your multi-channel campaigns to re-engage users. And finally, how using a fun but generic content failed as a marketing strategy. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Get unlimited content for your blog or company for just one low monthly price. Sign up and get your first article for free with our 14-day money-back guarantee. Learn more at copymasters.co. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest, and we're going to talk all about the main thing, that's the most important thing when it comes to mobile apps. It is retention. I know I talk a lot about growth, but I've been telling everybody that I can possibly talk to on that, hey, retention is so important because if I can drive growth, you're going to have a leaky bucket if you can't retain your users. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. Her name is Anna Bolaska. She is the engagement manager at BlindFeed. You can check out, learn more about BlindFeed if you go to blindfeed.com. Com. They are the future of feedback. They want to make it more collaborative. So we're going to learn a little bit more about blind feed. But without further ado, Anna, welcome to the show. Hey, nice to be here. So Anna, tell us a little bit before we get into your, and I, there's a lot of topics I want to get into. So right off the top, you were a researcher, turn marketer. you got a focus. You love studying communication, which I love too. So I want to dig into that. <laughs> but tell me a little bit about blind feed. So we're still in the private mode. We are not publicly launched yet. So um, what we believe is the future of feedback is not just a tool. And we believe that teams can really level up for collaborative feedback. So we are now working on creating the best feedback experience ever. I like that. And what a couple you... of words. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can join the waiting list right now. If you go to blindfeed.com, you can join that waiting list. How's it like yes, being... Sunday. Sorry, go ahead, Anna. Uh, we have the amazing bi-weekly newsletter from me. So enjoy and enjoy. How has it been as a marketer trying to, I guess, work on a product that hasn't fully launched yet? Like, how does that, how has that sort of like impacted your marketing strategies? I have, to be honest, I have never worked with a product that wasn't yet fully out yet. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. I haven't either. That's yes. why I'm like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, at some points, it was really painful, right? Because when you see people really do stuff, produce stuff, right? Developers are working, right? And then you as a marketer are just like there, <laughs> a bit lost. But um, for me, it was also very. It is also a very valuable experience because uh, this is how I learned how to communicate with product people best. Mm. Because if you think about it, right, the uh, product is the ultimate driver of retention. Yeah, it doesn't matter how fancy your push notifications are. It doesn't matter how amazing your emails are, right, and targeted campaigns are. 
uh, as soon as the product is just not up to the certain scale, right? Then it's not. It's just all your efforts as a marketer and the CRM professional is are effortless. So for me, actually participated in the in the product definition and product development from the marketing point of view was something really cool and amazing. So now I would recommend every marketing professional to at least once start at this early stage. You know what? It's funny. I actually did launch a did marketing for something that wasn't really live yet, but we pretended it was live and <laughs> it was just me doing everything on it. And I loved it because I really got, like you said, I really got to define the product. I think the mistake that I might've made looking back on it now, this is like six, seven years ago, but would have been to think even bigger, right? Like I thought like, Oh, here's what I'm talking to people about. So like I made it very specific to sort of how I thought people would work on it, but I would have thought it a little bit bigger, be like, where else can we take this? Like how else can it work for, you know, beyond what I was specifically working for. So we were trying to supply video and on demand video production. Like you can find a videographer, local videographer, but I should have thought like beyond videography, like where else could I've taken it? That's my sort of feedback from that. Yeah, but for me, it's just an amazing level up because I've yeah. learned the things that I've never even heard of or just heard distantly, and they were like something fantastic stuff that other people do and I would never do. Like for what? But, for for example? Um, I was very far, for example, from podcasting. And I listened to the podcast, but for me, it was something that is like other people do, right? Because I'm not a native English speaker. So it's like, yeah podcast in Russian? No, I don't think so, especially as the marketing initiative, right? But then if you think about it, and if you read all this research of the growing role of podcasting as a marketing driver, you start to think, well, maybe we should try this. And because at this early stage, you have so much freedom and so much flexibility, why not to do it? So we also now have a podcast. Is it in Russian? No, it's in English. Oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> well, congrats. What's the podcast called for those who want to check it out? Uh, it's called the Blanfit Podcast. <laughs> and, what, and you told me a little bit about it, but tell me, tell us, tell the listeners what you like to talk, who you like to talk to and who you like to interview. Um, because we're so passionate about meaningful work in general in the company in Blanfit, uh, we just really love to talk to people about the work that they do and how they manage to level up on this work and help other people do the meaningful work as well. So we just uh, mostly talk to the people from the startup ecosystem in Berlin about their career paths and career journeys and the lessons that they learned. I love that. I love that. I love communication. It's one of my biggest things. Yeah. I don't know if you're a fan, but I love Survivor and I love the, the game show and I, I love it's just like the social yeah. dynamics is what I love it's like oh how do you have to talk to people how do you get them to like really open up really quickly obviously as a podcaster that's sort of our goal too right and so yeah I want to get into that okay Anna but I want to make sure this is like <laughs> see we didn't sign up for this, this is app masters okay so let's talk about the app side of things <laughs> so Anna like how do you guys work with products um at, the, uh, at this early stage, I'm basically the part of everything that is being discussed and the, all the decisions that, is, that are being made, right? Because I'm very lucky that I, I have this um, opportunity to participate and that the guys in the company really appreciate the product also from the marketing point of view. Mm. So whether it is about, for example, the design sprints that we have 
I also participate in there, or whether it is about the definition of our onboarding, my voice is also, as a marketer, also valuable there. I like that. Let's talk about the onboarding process because I think that's so important, especially for apps. I know one client that we just work with right now, we've seen some tremendous growth on a like double, triple downloads. And like, we're talking not just like in the under 100s because that's usually when we get those type of, like we're talking in the hundreds, we've grown that downloads, but the retention has gone down a bit. And it could have been just because we're growing it so much that, okay, yeah, you're going to see that happen anyways. But I think the onboarding process is so important. Like, how do you guys determine, how do you, how do you do it? How do you make sure that you're doing this right? I guess that's a very common mistake that lots of, of companies, that young companies that I see do, is, is they build an amazing product and then they just launch it. And then they kind of think that, okay, users are just going to figure it out because the product is amazing. So they, they will just somehow find their way around it, right? And then um, if you look at the uh, stats and, st- and data of, of the amount of people who actually churn after the first download, right, five seconds in the app, I think the most of the CRM people are just going to cry in the corner when they see this yeah. 70% or 60%. Um, so basically... The whole goal of onboarding is to bring the, first of all, to be as helpful as you, you can be, right? And to bring and, and add value with every interaction during this onboarding to really streamline the focus of the user. And for, and for example, if I see on the first screen multiple CTA buttons, so I can log in, I can check, I, I can check what this product is about, I can sign up, I can refer a friend, I can do something else. <laughs> That's a very common mistake, unfortunately, they see, especially on lots of um, uh, first pages of the um, products when they're even before they launched. And uh, as a, I think as a marketer and as a CRM person, you want to bring the user in the onboarding process as faster to this wow or a hey moment or whatever wonderful moment, <laughs> as, uh, as you may call it, as fast as possible. And that's what we're basically we're trying to do. First of all, figure out what what is this uh, wow moment is, mm-hmm. and then just bring the user as painfully and smoothly to it as possible. When you say that's what we're trying to do, what do you mean by we? Uh, Blanchett, we as a company. So you're trying to allow app developers to get to that wow moment faster. Is that what you uh, mean? Yes. Okay, got it. Yes. All right. Sorry. The, and do you have, and not to put you on the spot, so feel free to be like, Steve, I don't have one, but do you have an example of an app that you're like, man, this onboarding process was so smooth that maybe the listeners can download and check out for themselves? Um, I think everyone already has it's like Spotify. Nice. <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't think anyone has, has never accounted Spotify before. But I think it's really smart of what they do, that you are not, that you are not faced with the empty screen and you already interact with the product from the very, very beginning. Yeah, I love it too. And the the thing that I try to point out too to some people are like maybe even look at games because I think too many time app developers, especially when they have an app that's like super like so many different features and they want to like blah, like tell you everything. Like here's all the cool <laughs> things that we can do, right? And I've, if you look at like a clash of clans, they just walk you through. Like they want you to do one thing and then get to the next phase. And then they introduce another thing. Like, oh, did you know that this happens, right? And I think as a user, that goes with the retention because you're like, oh, I didn't know this existed. This is kind of cool, right? And so you're trying to take them step by step. And I think Spotify does it so well too. I just went downloaded the app again because I wanted to see their onboarding process. And it's like, you know, 
follow tell us three artists just give us three artists that you really like and then it's like now they start showing you some stuff and then as you get into it a little bit more i'm sure they're going to show you more and more stuff too yeah yeah exactly and i also agree that this is a super powerful engagement tool right yeah because if you super quickly bring the user to this wow moment and they're super fascinated with everything that you can do that's very hard to keep up this level of excitement right and then the, the drop from the super excited to super disappointed or whatever it is it can be really harmful to their attention as well and for blind feed are you guys trying to be a platform for feedback so as users giving feedback to app developers or for teams to collaborate and give feedback to each other uh it's more like a team collaborative experience oh i see i like that the so like internal teams can work on together give feedback to each other and kind of work together on things is this primarily design features or just like everything everything awesome Awesome. I like that, Anna. Okay, Anna. So like I want to get into some of the communication side, if you're okay with that. The yeah, yeah. tell me about like I don't know. Here I'll just open up to what I personally want to know. But is there like a favorite opening that you have that you like when you meet somebody and you're like, hey, you know, is there somebody I want to talk to and I want them to open up? Is there like an opener that you like to go or like a strategy that you have? I hate to say strategy because like we're manipulating <laughs> people, but like, you know, a strategy that you have to make people open up. Um, I can't say I have a one-go strategy, but I recently listened to the podcast by Seth Godin, mm -hmm. um, and he made this example of one of his favorite podcasts, that they, this go-to intro that they use to get to know people more and to get people more relaxed is, uh, what is the favorite meal that you had as a child? So people instantly relaxed because it's kind of, of course, it brings good memories, right? And it's not totally related to the subject that is going to be discussed in this conversation further, mm -hmm. but it makes people like really positively bring them, they, it brings them into the positive mood. I like that. And is a meal, because I, I have one of these questions where I go, you know, like, what's your favorite childhood memory? Right. Like, and yeah. it's the same thing. It's like taking back to childhood for something, for some reason, and it's kind of depressing, right? Like, we always go to childhood. Like, hey, you know. <laughs> it's like, I'm having fun too as an adult, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think meal, meal is even um, more strategic. Okay. I also don't like the word strategic, <laughs> mm -hmm. but like strategically uh, more beneficial because. The person, uh, the answer is supposed to be very simple, right? Because the memory is something that you you go, okay, so 20 years ago, I was a small boy or a girl and blah, blah. But the meal is something super simple that immediately comes to your mind. And it um, saves the person from these moments of trying to reflect on the past. I like that. One of the things that I like to do, especially if I've kind of met somebody already, is just open my arms and pretend, you know, like, pretend like hey like i'm giving you a hug almost but it's not really like i'm not trying to be like all touchy feel but just like saying hi but with two opened arms and i feel like people instantly open up because you're like opening them opening up yourselves to them and so that's what i like to do it's not strategy it's just something that innately comes to me but i just like hey what's up like and then i just open my arms and i think it kind of warms people up to that's i think it depends on the culture as well <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> which culture would because, be like no don't do that dude <laughs> i think maybe in, in ukrainian culture people would be like well, what what is happening what do you want from me <laughs> distance respect my private space <laughs> i learned i learned in i was in paris once like why do you americans like to hug we like to kiss like hugging is so intimate i'm like 
kissing is so intimate. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is good. like we're touching cheeks. That's gross. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, before approaching the person, do some background cultural check. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. So one of the things I'm going to move back to the app side of things and not be so selfish with this podcast, but one of the things you talked about was the strategy that was really working for you guys was really personalizing communication to the user. Can you talk a little about a little bit about that one? Um, I think we also really need to define what is personalization because when you when you talk, hey, we personalize our messages. Sometimes, especially not marketing people, they think, hey, this is like I just say, hey, Steven or hi, Anna, and that's already I have this username and it's already super personalized. In the best case scenario, have your your town, for example, a city or country where you're from, or your language, like obviously. Um, but retention. If you look at this from the point of view, for example, every interaction of the user with the product or with you or with any of the emails that you send as a date, right? Um, you don't believe, uh, you don't behave during the date with a person, on every date with a person the same way, right? If it's a first date or if it's if you're married already for two years and have five kids or something, the attitude and behavior and communication is completely different. So for me, personalization is this... Um, finding the right treatment to all user segments that you have and really mastering the retention lifecycle of how do you communicate with people and how do you approach people on, dif- on different uh, segments and on different points of the interaction with the product. Do you have an example of how you guys been trying to implement this? Oh, it can be kind of hard, I think. <laughs> um, I can give an example of the uh, previous company that I worked with. Sure. Uh, it's called Quando, it's a restaurant reservation platform. And uh, when I just joined, I somehow thought, well, if I send them just this amazing, like, hey, Steven, would you like to try some Chinese cuisine <laughs> or to some American cuisine, uh, they would be super happy and, like, start bo- booking restaurants at a lightning speed. But apparently it doesn't work. You really need to look, okay, does this person normally books for two? or maybe for two every second week? Or does this person just have books for one during lunchtime on Tuesdays? Or does this person, for example, books for 20 people every month? And we ha- and uh, when we started to actually look at the different data points within the user story, um, it actually made a tremendous difference, not in the open rates, but the uh, transactions that we were able to drive from the uh, even the push notifications. That's cool. And I, I know one of the, I got a cold email once and they were like, they're saying all this stuff. So you can't just say like, hi, Steve, you know, like it's obvious, like people know that it's, mm-hmm. you know, this is duh, like duh, that's like the duh you should definitely have. You can't be like, <laughs> hi, sir. Right. But she was like, Hey Steve, you know, notice that she mentioned my other company. She mentioned the virtual summit that we're hosting. Would you like to come to our event? And she, 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 she was like, you, you understand the power of events because of the summit and all the things that we're doing. I'm like, holy cow, this is the best cold email I've ever gotten in my <laughs> life. Like she just pulled so many things. So I, was, so I emailed back. I'm like, I'll come just because your cold email is so good. And what, like, how did you know all this? And she's like, just looked at LinkedIn. You know, like, I'm like, yeah, like if you do five minutes of just looking on LinkedIn, you'll know a whole lot from somebody, especially if they're like in promotion mode, you'll know a whole lot. And just doing that type of personalization can lead to a quicker transaction. Yeah, but there's also a very thin limit between personalization and being creepy and scary. (laughs) 
<laughs> like checking uh, not on LinkedIn, but also Instagram, Facebook, your Spotify account, everything, and then write down something. Hey, you really like, I don't know, Beyonce songs. And I also know that you've been to this event and I've seen you talking with this person. Mm-hmm. Can we a bit awkward? And you know, the same as every push notification that you send, for example. I think it's different from maybe the cultures too, but like one of the things that we did for a client, and I think it's dip, it depends on who's actually sending it as well. Like one client, we were trying to reach out to somebody on Product Hunt. And what we did was I looked on her Instagram and I like scrolled on her, like I scrolled a lot because I don't want to make it so obvious, like the first couple of photos. And so we went all the way back and I found that she was dressing up as like a fox for Halloween, right? And so I said, hey, client, she was a female as well as like, you're going to email her. So like we put like foxy, nice foxy costume. Right. And so we mentioned that in the, the cold email to her and we're like, Hey, you know, you, we found out through Instagram. So we're trying to show her that we were just stalking her on Instagram, which is public. Right. And then I was like, I'm not going to send this. Like, don't like, if I send this, it could be the wrong message, but I said, you got to send this. And I thought female, female, female founder, female entrepreneur. Like I thought that would make for a better resonation, like, you know, resonate with her. And it did. And she did post like the product onto product hunt for us, but like, that's a way that we've done it. So I don't know if it's creepy, but I think obviously it depends on who's sending it. Obviously it'd be definitely creepy if I sent it, but I had my client (laughs) send it as well with, (laughs) so I love that. Imagine push push notification with the content like this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? Freak freak people out immediately. (laughs) I almost like it as a marketer. I, I really like it when people know a little bit more about me and they're personalizing. I don't find it creepy. I just, I know that everything's public. There's a lot of things I share anyways. So if it's public and I share it and you're grabbing it, it almost makes me feel like, okay, this isn't a normal cold email that you send to everybody, right? So Yeah, yeah, but you're really interested, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's end with this. You said planning out like multi-channel campaigns. How do you sort of do that? Um. What I also quite often notice is, especially when the products have not only, they are not only the app focused, but they also have the web pages and portals. Sometimes these two entities just leave communication wise and retention wise, they leave these completely separate lives. So the emails are completely, um, completely disconnected from the push notifications that you have. And then the push notifications are not supported by the in-apps, right? So it's, sometimes it can be really, uh, irritating when you, when you receive a push notification and then you're not being followed when you open the app. It would be nice to receive a continuation of the story of the that will drive you to, towards the desired action via the in-app message. So I would say if you, whatever, all the channels that you have, whether it's push notification, in-app messages, whether it's uh, browser notifications, whether it's emails, you need to have one coherent story and there is no way, quite often it happens that different people are responsible for all these channels and then the campaigns just go completely disconnected so Mm -hmm. try to align as much as possible so at least have a weekly 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 check-ins with everyone and be completely transparent with all the initiatives that you have Yeah, I know one of the campaigns I saw from an email campaign that did really well was Hotel Tonight I would, I liked a hotel within the app and I swear it was immediate on it, but like almost like five minutes later, I got an email that said, Hey, you still interested in hotel, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, check out. And I was like, Holy cow, that's amazing. So it's a great way of the, the multi-channel thing that you're talking about. 
Yeah, yeah. I also, I also have this example with the, with the hotel Oh, really? Okay, good. It's not just me. <laughs> yeah, I think they're just great. Everyone knows how great they are. <laughs> Sorry to spill the, steal the spotlight. I, I was just like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there is one thing that you said didn't work. That using fun, generic content didn't actually didn't actually work. What? How did you guys use this, and what was the campaign like? When I just started, when I just turned from uh, my academic career to marketing, maybe because I was closely connected with linguistics, I somehow assumed that, okay, I'm just going to send this very fun and amazing co- uh, messages to people and th- they're just going to love it and then they're just going to love our products as well and they're going to convert and do everything that we want them to, right? And then, um, of course, for if you send something, the content is super good. If the open rates of your push notification are higher than the average but then people open but they do, don't do anything mm-hmm. because they're just being entertained with the with the message that they send them well they like it they're gonna stay in the app but they're not gonna engage more so the basic engagement is just with the push notification and not further so content of course is uh, very important because you really need you, you really need to put effort in it and work with your content team or editorial team or whatever this team is called <laughs> in your company. Um, but it's um, really hitting the sweet spot in messaging and uh, is not only about this fun part, creating fun content. It's also about boring work with data and segmentation and, and creating these life cycles and, and um, user, um, user roles as well. So that's, that's what I had to learn. Because somehow when you see this, this uh, on Twitter, pe- people share this, hey, I just received this amazing push notification from this company and goes viral, right? So you as the um, Epsilon person also kind of secretly dream about it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to send this amazing push notification and I'm going to be famous all around the world with it. But such things, the actual demand really careful planning and this actually stays in the background. <laughs> Which push notification that you do you remember that went viral? I don't. I'm not super active on Twitter, but what push notification do you remember that went viral? Um, I know uh, there was something about Netflix, actually. Oh, yeah, but it was it was not only the fun content. They were really doing personalized, but but people were fascinated because they thought it's not carefully planned. I see. Because because what they've done, they as always, they look at what you watch and your interest, and then they just send you something. But something fun, but with the suggestion that is actually relevant to you. Yeah, I love that. Netflix and then is, the, the magic is done. <laughs> yeah, they do such a good job. Man, that the thing is, like, if you go viral, like, nobody knows that it was you, right? <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> it's just Netflix. <laughs> they get the buzz. <laughs> no, it should well, be Steve or Anna, right? <laughs> like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave all the comments right there. Yeah, thank you, thank <laughs> on, you, on right? All, all yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. me. Hi, yeah, that's my LinkedIn link. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Anna, this has been such a fun conversation. Is there anything that I miss that you want to make sure we cover before we hit the big finish? Um, no, I don't think so. That's awesome. Everything was covered. Thank well, you. Anna, this has been absolutely amazing. But again, let's go to the big finish. Give us one app that we have to check out and why. Um, the app is called Clue. This is my, my favorite app so far. They are Berlin-based, and they are um, doing with the female health, with the cycles and all the health aspects. 
And I really love them, first of all, because the concept is great, because we lack such products on the market, I think. Secondly, they have amazing newsletter that they send, I think, every month. Uh, with really lots of a lot of educational content, so you don't feel that they try to promote the app. They just try really, really try to educate and help you. And I, I just, uh, as the CRM person, I just absolutely love the identification center and how flexible it is, and how you can even set up the notifications not only the type and content, but you can also set up the time that is most convenient to you. Just, I just, I'm just in love with this product. <laughs> Anna, I use that app. Okay, I do it for my wife, but I'm like, I use that app too a lot. <laughs> so if you want to know anything about my wife, I got it. It's a clue. <laughs> yes, my husband also uses it. So. Yeah, this is also another cool thing, right? Yes. I'm like, I need to start trying. It's been like years I've been using it. And it's such a great product that like I would pay for it, but I'm like, there, there's everything that I need to track. <laughs> well, yes. and I'll do it for free. So. That's a funny thing. All right. Give us one lesson that took you the longest to learn. Um, don't get distracted with the push open rates. Don't get too vain about the push open rates because they don't always mean something. I like that. Anna, if so, the website is called Blind Feed. It is blindfeed.com. So go check them out. Join that waiting list. They're going to make feedback really collaborative for your internal team. It is, once again, blindfeed.com. Anna, you want to send the listeners anywhere else to make sure if they want to follow up with you personally, you want to send them anywhere else? Um, my LinkedIn profile, perhaps. <laughs> Great. So I will link that. So if you click on Anna's name within the podcast app, you will go to her LinkedIn profile. She's got a great feed, like just doing a little bit of five minute research on her. Like I can see which post she's liked, that there's a new podcast episode with the blind feed with... I'm going to Sulo Marti. Like, this is how you personalize, if you ever want to reach out to Anna, how you personalize and cold email to her. Anna, thank you so <laughs> much no for coming. <laughs> yeah, no costumes. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> Anna, thank you so much for coming on doing this. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.